All right, well, I can't say welcome back because this is the first apple picking. Uh, but here with myself, Ziggy, and Donnie is hello, hello. Matt Hanna. Uh, we are pleased to have him on the podcast today. He spoke on the protest going on in Philadelphia on the Burning Bird. Go check that out. Um, podcast <laughs> a couple of days ago. And over the past few weeks, he's been an avid protester and activist as well as an ally um, in the greater Philadelphia area. So we'd like to welcome Matt Hanna to the show. Thanks for having me. Got to throw Hannah in some Matthew, class in there. Hannah Matthew, Matthew Hanna, whatever it is. I mean, we, we don't know yet. That's something, that's something we're going to figure out this episode. We're going to talk to Matt a lot about what it's been like in Philadelphia specifically, right? Because that's the only place that he's been uh, you know, very, very involved, specifically, especially in the protest scape of things. Um, today, as of recording, is June 7th. And yesterday, June 6th, was the, the big one, the large protest um, in Philadelphia. So I know you weren't able to speak on this on the Burning Bird. I guess we're getting ex- exclusive content when it comes <laughs> to that. Um, but I want to hear, what, what do you... What do you think was different about yesterday? What was, have either have either of you like seen the footage from yesterday? Yeah, yeah. There were like I've what hundred? There were like a yeah. hundred thousand people plus, right? A hundred? No, probably ten thousand. Okay. Ten k like, was probably I the number. Hundred. Like <laughs> yeah, there were um a ton of people yesterday, which was just like really incredible. Um, a lot of like just like there's so much like unity in those crowds too, which is like so neat to have like this many people all like marching for the same thing. And I mean, the, the more people you had, the more you can get those voices heard, like those black voices heard that, that need to be heard. The more that those voices are heard, the, the more likely we are to get change. I mean, you can see like around the country the past week, how much change has like happened. Yeah. And it's like, you know, people say get out and vote and voting is important. But like clearly like what gets shit done in this country sometimes is like out there and, and civil unrest and disruption. You got to get your voices heard. Do you think that this is the start yesterday and specifically like how it's been ramping up increasingly increasing over the past week. Do you think yesterday as the big one, we're going to look back in a couple of weeks and say that was just the start. Like that wasn't the big one. Are you talking about country? Why are you talking about? Only I'm talking country? about Philadelphia for a whole, okay. that's, that's the All one right. that, that I, I very much on. hope so. Um, I mean, everyone like the protest leaders had been basically saying, this is the beginning. Like we need this every day. We need this like every weekend. Um, so I, I very much hope that uh, that's like, we continue doing that. Um, it's important, especially like with a lot of a lot of change that like needs to happen that we just continue to show because if this is just a fad, you know, we we go back to the way things were. Um, we saw that I think in like 2016 with um, was it Ferguson Ferguson then where mm-hmm. like it, there were a lot of like protests, but the change didn't happen. And and I think it's like we need to be we need to be protesting this kind of stuff and we need to be fighting for this change every day, not just when someone is killed or anything like that happens right not because those those injustices are happening you know every single day this one just happened to be filmed right exactly so, so i think and that's what a lot of people are saying is like you need to be fighting this fight like every day and, and as, as like white people we need to be fighting this fight every day because you know it, it's easy for us to like turn a blind eye turn it off because it doesn't affect us or it maybe doesn't seem like it affects us is there a concern that you know once the summer ends essentially, right? And colleges ramp back up, right? And you and know, people, people start, people start really going back to work. Kind of yeah. a lot of the sanctions are lifted due to uh, COVID nineteen. Is there a concern, or has there been any talk of concern of this potentially, you know, unfortunately like fading out? I'm not saying that it will. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that there's that looming risk there. Is that can we can we prevent uh, through that? It's something I've thought about. 
Um, I haven't really heard anybody bring it up. It's not something I, I think that what we had definitely was a perfect storm of like a lot of people are either laid off or at home. A lot of people are already like upset with how our government's handling things. And then on top of it, you know, our government is just founded on such like a, a racist institution and the police are just such a racist institution that it was like easy for everybody to like come together at, at once to like do what they can to fight back in that situation. Um, I mean, it's definitely a good question. I, I would say that when thing, people start going back to work, that also means that less people are afraid of going outside because of COVID concerns, though. Mm -hmm. So like maybe those even out. It's not something I can say much on, but I think there's plenty of things that people can continue to do to support that aren't just going out and right. protesting on the streets. I also think so. that like when, <clears throat> like, like when, like when the fall starts to ramp up again and colleges, some colleges start to open back up and people like go back to work, depending on companies and company policies and statements, we might see some people just like boycott their own job. Like reporters at like the Philadelphia Inquirer have been protesting their own um like like newspaper based on they released uh, a story a few days ago and the, the like the cover was like buildings matter too mm -hmm. and a bunch of reporters were like what the fuck is this like we're not working for the next few days like we're gonna go out and protest um there's been other instances i'm trying to think of the pittsburgh them. post gazette had the a pittsburgh, problem too pittsburgh post a they, big one. Yeah. yeah they're not letting uh they're not letting black journalists report on everything because they thought that they'd have bias which yeah, is just absurd yeah, like just, to say that maybe then it's they should have bias and it is like that is the story right exactly like, yeah <laughs> so i mean i think we're gonna see a lot of people like start to protest their own jobs in favor of basic human rights and morality and i think yeah, isn't that a shame that like yeah exactly that, like, that, that like corporations if they take a stand on this it becomes a political thing where it's like yeah corporations are going to take are going to get hurt by standing against racism which is yeah. like completely absurd like, and, and, and like i even think about like i'm an engineer and i was like my company can't make a stance because it's like that it all it does is hurt them it doesn't do anything like helpful for them which yeah. is just it sucks that's how it is but it gets to the point that a lot of these companies are kind of their hands feels forced to make a pr like yeah right and i mean you see you see there was a whole whole cancel wendy's thing going around because you know wendy's parent company had had made a donation to a super PAC for trump in the past mm -hmm. somehow that trickled down to to get rid of wendy's but you know wendy's is part of a huge huge conglomerate yeah, i think of, cancel culture like is gonna like like cancel culture has been controversial because people are like oh my god like fuck chick-fil-a because like chick-fil-a is very clearly like anti-lgbt anti-lgbtq but people still go to chick-fil-a and I think now it's going to be something where like, no, like actually fuck Chick-fil-A. I'm not going there ever again. I think I always tried my best like, not to go. Yeah. I like mean, it, I think yeah. exactly like we do something as a team there like once a semester, but I think it's going to be something where it's like people actually start to not be wishy-washy on all this stuff and they're going to like not. So that's a, I'm, I'm a gives me, give me, gives me a question for, for Matt here. I know you said that, yes, people go into protest if you can. It absolutely makes it makes a difference to put another voice in the crowd, right? But, you know, you also said there's a concern for Corona or other people have other obligations that they that they're unable to mm -hmm. join the protest and they can do things at home or on their own individually. Do you think, I don't want to say this whole cancel culture because a lot of times it is overblown. It's a very impulsive uh, action, this whole canceling, but, you know, kind of boycotting, uh, finding alternative options to corporations that endorse individuals such as trump that don't uh step in for human rights kind of act you know there's been cancel 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 people still go to chick-fil-a is is a, is a step actually you know that needs to be taken actually stopping 
um, your interactions with these companies? Uh, that's actually, that's a good question. I would say to a degree, like, yes, but I also think that individuals, it's like tough to make an impact. I think in this like very uh, money driven society we live in, like the best thing to do to like change people or corporations is to like hit them in the wallet. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that the difference between, there's a big difference between me saying, hey, Chick-fil-A is anti-LGBTQ or, or Wendy's is racist. I don't know if that's what it is. And I'm not going to go there. Is like my dollar doesn't affect them the same way as like, say your university has mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A and says, we're done. Like we're not, you're not allowed on this campus anymore. Like that hurts more. Or say the MLB is like, we're standing out against racism. You guys are, are shown to contribute to this like racist institution. We are not having you in any stadiums. Like right. or, or any fields, you know that That'd I think be, yeah. be would huge. be huge. Um, I don't, I don't think there's any. I don't think I have the answers to all that. But that's just my thought. I mean, yeah, I don't not- know if we're gonna see that too because there's so many people high ups in these. Not even like, not like, like if we're if we're only talking like professional sports leagues, but also if we're not, like there's so many people. They're just like. Trump, 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 Trump. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like it's hard. Well, it's not even just that. It's that you see Temple, and if if you had enough people against boycotting Chick Fil A, you know, Temple would release another statement saying, "Oh my God, you know, you, you they they have the freedom to endorse who they want to endorse." That's such a bullshit. We're not going to remove them for X Y Z. It's not worth our time or energy or money, and then they have the rights. And based on our code of conduct, Chick Fil A can be here. Right. Something, something along those lines. That was such a bullshit statement. Well, that's what I'm saying is that, is that there's a lot, there's money in it for Temple as well. And unless the outcry is so overpowering from the individuals, from the students, that they have to make a statement or they not have to make a statement, they have to take action. Having 40% of the campus against it isn't even going to change their mind. It has to be such an overwhelming majority to make that happen. Now, I know Hannah just touched on sports leagues, right? And having those having or teams with, these potentially controversial companies uh, or businesses inside their stadiums. And that kind of, we'll touch on this for a second. This is going to be its own independent episode uh, regarding like racist owners. And is it, do you think it's kind of on the, the commissioner, the league itself, the board to oust these owners in some sort of way to, to, I don't know how they could penalize them. I don't know what options they would have. I think it's more players, honestly, than like, than, than the commissioner. Um, the players are the ones that are on the field that the, that the fans see the most. So if they make that stand, the, the people are going to see it first. And I think they're going to back them before they back these greedy, money-driven owners. You could say, likewise, if, if these greedy, money-driven owners are look, overlooking the money and they're saying, yes, uh, for example, James Dolan brings in a lot of money, right? He's, part of, he's one of the wealthier owners in the NBA. However, he is still a racist scumbag. And as owners, we want him out, money aside. You know, the players can say all they want. Players can't force him to sell the team. I mean, yeah, if there was an owner versus owner stance, that'd be... Uh, what, what I'm getting at here is yeah. it seems like, like Hannah said, the individual on its own, you know, I don't want to say can't make a difference, but can't impact the, the large wallet of the company that much individually. And even if all those individuals really band together, it's going to take a, a vast majority of those individuals to really make a statement. It's, a, it's upon those with big wallets fighting those with big wallets. Yeah. But it seems like nowadays people just aren't people, but these companies aren't willing to do anything other than the PR statement. Yeah. yeah that's like, yeah. Uh, my mind keeps going like to the NFL, right. And how there was the whole kneeling controversy and they basically like shut that down. And now they're coming out and saying, Oh, we messed up on this. And it's like, okay, fine. Like this seems like a PR move to me, but like, I'll believe it when you let it hit you in the wallet. 
Like yeah. I'll, I'll believe it whenever yeah. you either donate a ton of money to any of the vast number of resources people give out there. I'm not going to name any because I know that there are so many like resources that Check people can look in for that. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if they say, okay, you guys can like kneel at the games and we're going to take the hit on our TV revenue. We're going to take the hit here. That's like, and, and they back the players. That's when I'll like believe the NFL. The other thing is like, Let's, I, I always joke that like there are five branches of government and the, the second two are Amazon and the NFL. Yeah. Um, the NFL has a ton of power. I don't know if I understand how much power, but like they make shit happen like with laws. Hell, they covered up, they covered up uh, the concussion problem for so long. You don't yeah. think that they have some power to like come out and, and, and stand with the demands of the Black Lives Matter movement in yeah. some way? I, well, I don't especially, know, I don't know especially, the answer. But. Especially now since Kaepernick is been a thing for the last four years like that's huge mm-hmm. obviously they, they apologized in general and yeah i agree i think i'm on the side of i think it was it's a good move it was a necessary move to at least start somewhere um and it's good on them for kind of being in, in a way the first to really make it make a statement from the commissioner an outright apology right i this. think i yeah i mean i think they owe colin kaepernick a personal apology that's what, what i'm saying is that if yeah. they need to take a step further and apologize to the person that you essentially banished excommunicated from the league yeah, right, that was that was not right. And but, further than that, what Hannah said, which is let it hit you in the wallet, even if it's a voluntary hit, even if it's you're voluntarily giving up millions and millions of dollars, take that responsibility to make it happen and make an impact. Stand by the players because the players can go against the owners and go against whoever for as long as they want. End of the day, the owners sign their paychecks. I'll believe right. it when I see it. <laughs> it yeah, I feel the same it. way. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, we hope. I hope we do see it. Speaking on P, speaking on PR. I imagine you guys have seen this as well. Um, kind of the police doing PR stunts <laughs> and then proceeding to, you know, commit heinous acts or, or proceed with their heinous acts, right? We think of I, I, the one that pops to mind immediately is, the, is Houston, um, as well as Buffalo, as well as been talking in recent memory of, you know, kneeling with protesters or, or talking to protesters. And then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, when the cameras turn off, gas masks go on and tear gas goes out, you know? I, I don't know what the police think they're accomplishing by doing these PR stunts. And what worries me is that it's, it's obviously creating even more of a divide because I imagine the people that only see the PR and aren't willing to click one step further is that more rightist demographic who you know, can, wants to see what they want to believe. And the, PR, the police PR is giving them something that they can believe, giving them what they want to see. Yeah, it, it's... The whole thing is kind of very weird um, because I am seeing there's a little bit of divide among like protesters, I think. And like, I would say that, again, like as a white person, it's not my decision to say how we should be protesting and anything like that. Like I'm there as an ally. I'm there to help. Um, and like you'll see some protesters are like, no, don't do anything with them. It's like a PR move and some protesters want to. Um, and again, that that's I think you just leave it up to like the black voices, the, the leaders, of the protests to decide what's right in that situation. Um I have seen a lot of, like you said, the PR moves happen and then then like the police just brutalize the crowd right after. Um, but I think it's hard for me to say what the... I, I don't think it's my place to say whether they sh- protesters should or shouldn't be doing that with the police. How, how do you know when they're going, whether or not it's, it's, it's a PR stunt that's going to turn into, um, you know, just... just uh, violence again, that's going to have violence come out of, out of it 15 minutes later, or it's the police actually siding with the protesters because there have been there have been instances of that actually happening of of you know law enforcement siding with the protesters i don't want to be like too extreme but if they want to side with the protesters they should retire they should quit their job i know that that sucks because that's how they make money but like if you don't want to stand with the racist institution like get out don't 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 be a part of it right 
that's like such a hard thing to say. And I, I do think it's like tough for me to go around and say that, but I mean, you, you've seen what um, NYPD has six people, six cops quitting a day, basically, since yeah. this has started. And to me, those are the ones, those are the people that definitely side. But then there are definitely, it, it, it touches on so many aspects, though, because it is like livelihood, right? And then you go back into your socioeconomic problems, which is tied into our racist institution. And I, there's just like no right answer there. Oh, and see, I don't think I'm, I'm the person to give the answer. You see, NYPD said six, six cops are quitting a day on average. But then they also have been reports saying that they're accelerating people through their training program to get more yeah i mean de blasio, i didn't see that the blasio's the blasio's to shit he's handling this terribly that's that's a whole other thing that we could talk about how terrible of a mayor he's being right now for new york city but yeah anyway. they're accelerating and gonna get these these like rookie cops out on the streets when they have zero experience dealing with even like a writing a fucking trap ticket you know like it's just it's, it's dumb it's it's, it's just it's scary you know if you have six cops quitting a day but then you have six more you know, six rookies, fresher, six rookie fresher than rookies yeah, yeah. coming up right behind them. I mean, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> I guess the only real change is going to happen is when there's actually like reform and actually like legislative movement. Yeah. Like cut the, which, cut the funding for the cops. I know we, it's like what the $19 billion more, a million dollars more is supposed to go to the cops in Philly. Billion. It's, fucking it's always, it's, you think it's with an M and it's always with a B and that's, and that's what's that. Yeah. That B number scares me. <laughs> just so unfathomable yeah it's, it's yeah i mean i i'd say like we should definitely look exactly what the demands are because i do not know all of the demands and like i said i'm not putting words in anybody's mouth but a, a big word buzz buzz phrase going around is like to defund the police and i and i from what i understand it's either defund and reform or defund and reinvest that money into communities which are like instead of instead of using the police as like a band-aid you reinvest where the the you you reinvest and fix like the, the cause instead of the symptom. Um, and that's like, I, I think what a lot of people do want with defunding the police, but I would recommend everybody go and look at exactly like what the demands are of the movement. Uh, it's pretty easy to find online. But uh, there are, I don't know. I haven't seen them. I might just be, uh, it might just be right under, right under my nose. I haven't seen kind of demands from all over, like, like a, an overarching demands. I mean, there are, yes, there are some overarching demands, but I feel like each state even each city kind of has their own specific demands for their own situation. Um, I know that over the past couple of days, I've seen different demands from like South Carolina, demands coming out of the Buffalo issues, um, demands for Los Angeles. And there have been a lot of similarities. A lot of them, one of the buzzwords you said that has been defund the police. Um, but a lot of them have kind of specific grievances with their own specific kind of sectors. And, you know, that legislation has to start from the local level, right? You, that, can't just, that can't just start from the top down. It has to start from the bottom up. Yeah, I believe it's probably like local and state is where things happen, probably like state level first, but I'm not an expert in any of that. So uh, I'm not sure what it is. And I'm sure every state needs needs something different. Absolutely. You know, every state. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not an expert in that, but this is something you may be an expert on or have firsthand experience on. Um, we're going to go back to what happened yesterday. Right. Um, yes. We also have, you know, you were part of the, the tear gassing uh, that happened on 676. Yeah, um, about about a week ago. Was there, did you encounter before we touch on that? Did you encounter anything like that um, yesterday? No, everything was super peaceful. I barely even saw the police or the national guard, which is very telling. You know, when the police don't intervene, things stay peaceful, is what I'm seeing. Um, and I would say I'm not an expert on on protesting. I am learning on the fly. Sure. I've been just yeah. like going going around. I, I've gotten in touch with people that I know are more involved, and like I'm going there as an ally, right? Like again, like 
it's important for white people to go there and and show face and be an ally because like what we're there to you know provide physical numbers which helps the message get heard we're there to protect by being like a presence there right we're there to be together and protect and and vocalize black voices we're there to let those voices be heard um which is like the the most important thing so it's it's all about like you you're there we we disrupt and that's what gets gets the voices heard i saw something where they'd said like what protesting really is is like you occupy you disrupt you disperse and then you repeat yeah and that's that's what good things i mean we had the city shut down basically yesterday right yeah, like, yeah. they have to hear us they are i shouldn't even say us they have to hear the, the black voices if if we are disrupting the entire city um but i'll talk about monday so monday was the first protest i was like very much involved in this is like the I've tried to keep educated in like the systemic racism and everything going on. And I'm still doing my best to learn. And as we'll probably talk about later, um, like remove my own biases, my own implicit racism and, and help educate other white people um, on that and how they can help. So Monday was um, I thought like a full new experience for me. And I thought like everything there was just like pretty awesome. And it's, it sucks to say like, Hey, this was like a good experience because like, this is a necessary experience. This is a necessary thing that we need to do. But, um, there were, we, we kind of like got together in an area and there were, there were speakers, the, the, um, protest leaders spoke about like why we were there, what we were asking for. They spoke about like the change they want to see and everyone's there to support them. Everyone's there to amplify their voices. Um, from there we marched throughout the city. Again, you know, you're kind of like shutting down traffic. You're going through roads. Um, and just like disrupting, making the voices be heard. And um, all and all of the cars, just to cut in for a second, all of the traffic that you shut down, from what I've heard, there was no problem with anyone that was in these cars, right? They were all like essentially yeah, with from, the crowd. From what I'm seeing, like a lot of the cars they love, they're either like hands out the windows, giving like right. um, the fist or they're, um, you know, honking their horns are excited. Yeah. I'm sure there are people <laughs> that aren't, but they're silent. They're staying silent. Right, right. Um, no one like touched a single piece of property. No one touched a car. And this group was huge. I mean, not as big as the 10,000 we had yesterday or however many we had yesterday, but it was a, a large group, um, like in the thousands. And so we yeah. marched throughout the city. It was like, there's all kinds of like chanting, um, just like a, you know, a unified like movement there. And I thought it was like, great. It was a very good experience. I like very much like felt a lot of emotion. Um, there was a moment where like there's a people do like a hands up don't shoot cheer which every time kind of like gets me feeling like very emotional because i'm like this is not a situation that like that hands up don't shoot like idea is not something i've ever been in and i think of like the, the black people in this country that might be in that situation and how it doesn't always end well for them and it's more likely to not end well for them and that scares the shit out of me right like i feel like terrible for them and I, I want to, to like see that change. And we were doing that. And I remember seeing someone march next to me who was in a mobility scooter. And I was like, damn, I was like a white woman too. And I was like, this woman's out here. She can't even like walk, but she's like out here to help get these voices heard. And like that, I was like pretty overcome with emotion. And I'll say like another yesterday during this protest, we were walking through a neighborhood and there was a little girl standing on her porch. Um, she was black. She was with her family and she had this big sign that just said, our lives matter on it. And I, and, and like stuff like that is like, this is why we're out here, right? Like this is, it's, it's like, this is a problem in this country. This needs to be changed. And like to see it, to like see this crowd and to see this little girl that, you know, isn't going to see the same privilege that I, I, as a white person do, and is like why we're out here fighting. And that like meant like so much to see. And I think, and I like the crowd was cheering her on and like, it was just a really, really like cool moment. But either way, back to Monday, 
we marched moment. for yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we marched for a while a long while and then we kind of started heading towards the art museum and then through this like fence and down onto the expressway i wasn't like near the front i was somewhere at the middle of this like march so you know you kind of just like follow where people are going um and i guess people in the front said that they had already blocked off traffic on the expressway like either the police did don't take my word on all of this because again i i like i'm trying to explain what i had seen the most of so we were like going down on there no one had said like don't go down there no police tried to like block us off nothing like that and i remember we get down there and i cross the median we're like marching along and i and there was a second there i could see the front of the crowd finally or the front of the the, uh the march i was like holy shit we're just gonna march on the expressway like this is incredible um and then I heard like two like bangs and I was like, all right, that's either like a car hit something or that's like flashbangs or, or tear gas going off. And then I got quiet again. So I was like, all right, we're okay. And uh, then you just see people start running and I didn't know what happened. And I'm like backing up people. I'm like trying to find the people I'm with. And then there was like a large gap between the group I was with and the group ahead. And from what I'd heard from the front was out of like basically nowhere, the riot cop car kind of pulled up. And those people all got down on their hands and knees or sorry, on their knees and their hands up. And they were doing like the hands up, don't shoot. And these riot police without warning, like unprovoked, just started like either that's, shooting non-lethal rounds, like the, the rubber bullets and throwing tear gas. That's I didn't see that part, but I then like, you know, we're standing there. So like, that's the timeline up there. I'm in like the second squad of people. And I like kind of feel my eyes start to burn a little bit. I was like, okay, that's the tear gas, but it like hadn't hit us that hard yet. And yeah. so we were trying to like, kind of like hold this line. And then I guess they just like marched up and they started dropping it in. I'm not seeing where it's coming from, but you know, all of a sudden like these clouds of smoke are popping up. So I'm like, okay, we got to get off the expressway. So I jumped the median. I'm, I'm with uh, a friend, a, a friend of a friend. And we like run up this hill. I have a tear gas canister land next to me. I don't see it land there, but I just like look over and I see smoke coming out. Like, Shit. Like, we got to go. Um, and that's when it started like kind of coming over me. So I'm like coughing, my eyes are burning, my face burns. I'm trying to run up this hill and like people are slipping. So I like, put my hand on this guy's back. I'm like, I got you. I got you. Let's get up this hill. Um, and like tear gas, uh, I'm trying to explain what it like feels like. People are saying it feels like simulated drowning. Like it basically makes you feel like you can't breathe when you can, but like, you're just like coughing. There's nothing. You're just trying to get it out of your system. So, uh, I got off the expressway over this hill and I like ran, I'm like, people are, like, do we, do you need water? Do you need this? Everyone's trying to help the best they can. They're like street medics, um, with like tear gas or tear gas kits, which is like water and baking soda. Um, I ended up, I guess not being that bad. Cause I like was able to clear my eyes and my face hurt a little, but I was okay. Um, I got like a hundred feet away and I looked back and I saw this fence and I saw people trying to get over the fence and I was like, okay, I got to go help those people get over the fence. Um, so I ran back there. And I realize now, like all these people were trapped against the fence. The riot police had them surrounded and were just continuously throwing tear gas and spraying tear gas at them. Yeah, I'm, and- I'm, I'm relooking at the video right now. And I don't know if you guys have seen like War of the Worlds the 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 tom yeah. cruise movie and it's, yeah. it's it literally looks like a scene out of that like it's it's it, terrifying it was and like yeah people are screaming people are trying to get over and i guess uh two of the guys i was with camping patel were on that other side of the fence and they had gotten there i don't know where the timelines match up here but they were like boosting people over and then the tear gas came in too too bad for them and they got over as well i'll say all those people that were working together man no one was like trampling no one was like trying to get to the front people were like waiting their turn and pushing each other over this fence so I, i'm on the other side catching people as best as i can you know just like trying to like lower people down yeah. catch their stuff move it like do that um and then like the, they just kept throwing the tear gas and they like these people had nowhere to go right like tear gas is meant to disperse crowds but when you don't give anyone a place to disperse like you're just like torturing them basically you're, you're gassing them yeah um and 
like it was terrifying. It was very, very scary. Uh, so I was like pretty over overwhelmed with like emotion. I'm pissed. So I start, I go to like where people aren't going over and like a, a like a spot in the fence that's clear. And I started screaming at the riot police to basically stop. I was like, they got nowhere to go. They got nowhere to go. I was probably using much worse language. I was like, I, it was a weird like adrenaline you're, rush you're situation. rightfully heated yeah yes and uh, uh one of the officers like lifted his weapon at me and i was oh. like all right backed off the fence like he looked directly at me and i was like you shitting me like these people you're just gonna gas them and i'm yelling at you to stop and, and then you're gonna shoot to get away from the fence and i'll say uh campy had said when he was actually boosting people they were shooting like non-lethal rounds at them and he took one to the leg he was fine it just kind of like like bruised his leg up. Although, yeah. I mean, those things can mess you up if they hit you in the head. So maybe yeah. they were using them correctly. You're supposed to like shoot them at the ground first. They like bounce up, but right, well, I, mean, I don't know. You're supposed to shoot those so, from farther away from feet. I mean, you've seen, you've seen things yes. in LA and, and other places, people getting hit from yeah. point blank range. It's not good. It's yeah, it's, and I mean, that's another part of the reason we're out there, man. Like I said, like I, I witnessed the police brutality and the fear of the police that pe- or black people in this country have to fear every single day. You know, I had it for one day. And to me, that was like, this is an even bigger reason why we're out here, why we're trying to get these voices heard. But uh, pretty much tried to catch as many as I could. The gas kept coming. More cops came up that way. And that's when I got out of there. And I, and I met up with our squad of people. And then we kind of tried to like rehash the timeline there of what went down. Um, and then I know a lot of those people got detained. I don't know if they were arrested, but like you've seen the footage, like it, it was just awful. I mean, it was like, it was like a firing squad, right? Non-lethal yeah. firing squad. Was, um, did, did any of the, any mass of the protest reconvene after uh, this or did it just kind of disperse for the day? I think everyone dispersed for the day. That was like a, I, I'm not sure we dispersed. So I'm not sure, sure what the rest of the crowd did or if there are other protests going on. But after that, I think like we went home, we were like, all right, we got that. That's it for the day. Like we re- reconvene tomorrow or whenever the next like big protest is. And that's kind of what bugs me as well. Along, along with that. I'm, I'm not like the fact that you guys chose to go home. Like that's, I, that makes sense. And, but it, it seems like that it, the, the police accomplished what they wanted to do with the tear gases. There's a peaceful protest that is antithetical to what we do as police. Let's break it up. And through their brutal, brutal measures, they were able to effectively break it up. Right. I I would say that, but also because of what happened on Monday and how we were treated, the rumor going around is that like Mayor Kenny got so much shit that that's why like the police have not been like bugging us as much. Like yesterday was fine. He's he's also been terrible and handled this horribly, but yeah, yeah, correct. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like that because of what happened there, things got better and you got better in terms of like the protests have not been attacked since then. Um, And that's what it felt like. I mean, we felt like we were, we were attacked. No warning from that. I know of, um, but I mean, to a degree, yeah, sure. They they got what they, they wanted. They broke up the protest, but how they, it, yeah, I think it ignited a fire for a lot of people. You know, they're throwing grease on a on a fire with that. And I mean, I think that's what Trump is doing as well yeah. with every ridiculous thing he has said is he's just like he is a, a lot of people are saying like he is a symptom of this like racist institution. He's not the cause like he sucks. He's making it worse. But like he, he to me is definitely a symptom. This didn't of start. This. this didn't start in 2016. Yeah. This started 400 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. This started at, right after the Civil War. We talked about like the 13th Amendment. We were saying everyone should watch that 13th yeah. documentary. I have not gotten around to it yet, but I mean, it it has our country is founded on institutional racism. Yeah, right. Like to to a degree. I don't um, even think to a degree. I just think it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. it is. You're yeah. right. 
So, and that's, and that's like, it, that frustrates me when people are out there and just don't believe in like white privilege or don't believe in the oppression of black people and all people of color in this country, really. Yeah. That's, um, a, yeah, that's one thing that pisses me off. It was, I, I put something on my Instagram. I was thinking about whether I was going to do it or not. And this one kid, I'm not going to, not going to name names. <laughs> I said, I, I said something like black lives are broken. White lives are not broken. Like we yeah. need to like to fix that. Um, and he was like, uh, like, no, had this long comment, like, we're all in the same pot. And it's like, no, like, we are not all in the same pot. And he was like, there are like, there are people like white people who come from like difficult, like, 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 uh, like little, upbringings. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, clearly I'm not saying that there are like, like Eminem, like grew up in a trailer home in Detroit, yeah. right? <laughs> like, 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 but, but that's not the point of what I'm saying here. Like, yes, there are white people that like, have difficult upbringings, but. If I'm walking down the street coming from a party and it's just like I haven't done anything bad for the night, I will walk home in peace. Yeah. You know, like with no problems. I can't say the same thing for any of my black friends. It's I I I think like a good way to talk to people about that, because I've had a similar conversation, is it's like there are different types of privilege. Just because you are a poor white person, like you're not financially privileged, but you are still privileged because of your skin color in many other ways. Yes. Where someone that is black and has money, maybe they're financially privileged, but they are not privileged by like skin color and by racial injustice in this country. Yeah. Um and and that's that's like the difference. Like it's not they're not privilege is not just one thing. There are many forms of privilege. Affluence affluence is not a human right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, you earn that shit. Exactly. No, nobody nobody that is out here trying to say. And Donovan, in your post, nobody was ever trying to say, or you were never trying to say that you know, those uh, that have you know a harder upbringing or are, are in you know, regions of the city that are more dangerous, independent of color, um, you know that white people should be grouped into that too. You know, or you're saying, or you're not saying that those of lower socioeconomic status need to be, you know, ignored. But with with this with this cause that we're fighting for now, we're not fighting for gentrification. We're not fighting for handouts. We're fighting for the base root, the simplest thing, which is you look at somebody else and you don't see them differently. Yeah, just equality, just basic equality. Like that's all. It yeah, is. I'm trying to. I don't even know if it's like. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't even know if it's like the not seeing them different because acknowledging that there are differences is like very important, right? Like we we have to acknowledge that to fix this problem. Like to say like, oh, you know, I don't see color. I don't. I don't do this. It's like no, that is like part of the problem. You have to understand that there are differences, and that is like why we we have problems here. We have to figure out what we can do to fix this. And in, in terms of like the socioeconomic thing, it's like yeah, like. I, I don't think there should be poor people in this country when we look at like the billionaires, we look at everything like that, like the lack of wealth distribution. And that also is a big part of like the racial injustices that go on in this country. Like they are, they are linked, they are hand in hand. But I think like a lot of people are, like you said, they're, they're like, oh, when you say black lives matter, they come back with that all lives matter. And it's like, yeah, no, it's like such fucking this bullshit. is, this is what we're trying to fix right now. And I, I really liked, um, Billie Eilish had like a, a explanation of it that I thought was the best one I'd seen. And she said, if you have three kids and one falls down and gets cut up, do you do first aid on all of them? Or do you do first aid on the one that needs your help right now? Yeah. And it's like, that is what black lives matters means. Like we are, we are out here trying to help and change the community in need right now. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, it, I saw this thing on social media too. It was like, have you ever seen someone counter a breast cancer post with what about colon cancer? Yeah. And it's like, and no, like you haven't thought about that. It's like, and it's like the same thing. It's like when, when someone says black lives matter, Oh no, no, all lives matter. 
It's like, well, yeah. what the fuck? Like, no, like, like that's not they the point of all it. this. Like, obviously, like, like all lives do matter, right? Like, we're not saying like we're not putting one person over the other, but like in this instance, when something is broken, you fix the thing that's broken. And it's also like all lives can't matter because yeah. right now in this country, black lives don't matter. Like yes. that's like the point right now yeah. in this country, they, they don't matter as much as everyone else's according to the way our government runs, according to like the, the, the racist institutions that we have here. I, I wish I could like be more articulate with this, but that's the point is like, you might say that, but the, the brass tax is like, it doesn't yet. It, they don't all matter yet because we, that's what we're trying to fix, right? Michael Che, had, I don't know if you guys might have seen it. Michael Che had that bit. Um, I know a lot of comedians uh, reposted places. Uh, Michael Che had a bit on Black Lives Matter, just a quick five-minute thing where he just said, you know, all, all they're asking for, all they're fighting for is, is matters. Not, not better than or anything like that. Just yeah. matters. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. matters. That's, that's it. We're just asking for matters. It's like the bare minimum. Yeah. yeah. Like, wait, like, what's, what's less than that? Like, black lives exist? Like, can you acknowledge that we exist? No, we're, we're, they're asking for, for <laughs> Sometimes matters. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> it's like, ex- yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, they used to fight for civil rights, just civil. And then now we're after, you know, 100 years, we're really now fighting for, you know, equity matters. It matters, and, and the fact that it's taken you know two hundred years almost. I mean, it's been four hundred years of, of the of the institutionalized racism. But I mean, two hundred years since one hundred fifty years since slavery has been. You, I, I'm using quotes here. Yeah, quote because, unquote abolished. Abolished. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. One hundred fifty years, and now you know is when we are really able to finally address the matters aspect. I don't like that timeline. I don't like how 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 delayed that feels. No, and you and you're a white guy, like yeah, we're all white like, guys. It's like, I know, it's like, and it's like I don't like that timeline. It's like that's and that I've seen a lot of people say this, and I I like this as well. Is it's like white silence is white consent, but yeah. by not by not showing support in some way, and just by like sitting on the sideline, you are saying okay, this is okay, and like that's like for anyone out there listening, like show you got to show support in some way, and like you, there are plenty of ways to do it that don't require money and that don't require actually going to protests, but. Do something because if you're not, you're consenting to it. And a lot of it starts with education. Yeah, I have like a list. I, I have notes. If I we want to talk about like what people can do, we can we can absolutely. I mean, if we want to highlight some some key ones, someone you really want to talk about, yeah. but we can also tweet out um, and post you know a list, a link to a list as well. Sure. Let's. I'll, I'll go quick and I'll, yeah. I'll just say no, like things. Okay. Some. So obviously, like protesting is great. Yeah. Not everyone can get out there. Not everyone has those concerns. Protesting has done clearly so much for us in the past week in terms of change, and I hope it continues to. Um, things like you can really do is just listen and learn. Right. Listen to what these protesters are saying. Listen to the, the black leaders. Listen to like all people of color and worry more about what they have to say than what you have to say in return. Um, learn on your, through your own research. I know you and I are the three of us talked about this in our, our meeting the other day, but it's like, you gotta, you, you have to figure out a lot of this on your own. Google's out there, figure out what you might be doing wrong, what you can be doing better. Like everyone has their own implicit racism and, and implicit biases and figuring out how to fix that is great. And that also goes back into listen, you know, when you have a black friend or any other person of color say, Hey, that's not right. I don't like the way you're doing that. Like, don't be defensive, learn from it, listen to it. And that goes like for, for your like white friends too. Hopefully they're calling you out on your shit when you're saying things as well, saying things that you shouldn't be. Um, I would say reach out to people who are involved in protests and who are involved in this activism and ask what you can do to help. Um, in terms of like reaching out to your black friends right now, they got a lot going on, right? It's, they don't, no one owes you answers. They don't owe you answers, especially when it comes to, oh, how can I not be racist? Like, 
they don't owe you answers on that. Like you can find your own resources on that. And there are plenty of resources donating to bail funds and donating to all the other uh, resources that are listed on Twitter right now. I'm not, like I said, not going to say all of them is, is going to help with protests and help just in literally, the long run with fighting racial injustice. Yeah. Literally takes two seconds to sign a petition. And, and I would say like, like really the, the bare minimum you can do that is so very helpful is as a white person, if you're like, and that is our, sorry, I should say things you can do here. This is for white people out there. This isn't, I'm, I'm not going to tell any black person or any other person of color what, what to do in this I mean, situation. No, they, like, but these, that these are things this. that anybody can do. Yeah. Right. These, this isn't like only for, for white people. This is only exclusive. This is exclusive yeah. white people. <laughs> things to do but nobody else i guess as, as a white person i'm saying like th- this is what these I are would options say is good options yeah. for, for white absolutely uh and the but this like i said bare minimum is like use your voice to other white people and other people like you help or have those hard conversations with your family members have those hard conversations with friends call them on their their biases call them on their implicit racism like because you don't know that you're being implicitly racist like unless you're told it is sometimes to a degree and those implicit racisms is is something along the lines of you know oh i don't see color oh this doesn't affect me like there's plenty of examples you can look at and that's that's going to be part of your research but like call people out on their shit and it's it's tough and help love. Them learn. It's tough love to a degree to some people. I know you've been seeing things of like you know I I oh I lost an uncle today. Um, he's not dead, but he was just racist. Like I I, I lost. Yeah. Him. You know, and and yeah, I mean it is it is it is comical, but at the same time, it, it might have to make those hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that family is one thing, but you know, appreciation for everybody is another thing. Yeah. The point I was trying to find that took a couple minutes to find was that white voices fall on white ears. And that is a quote from somebody who I don't necessarily remember um, or just, or just refuse to acknowledge. Uh, but it, but it's true and it's, and it's, and it's sad, but it's true. And it's something that, you know, it, that's going to be hard to change that mindset versus embracing that mindset and using it as a tool because trying to change, you know, the fact that people just kind of innately align with those that look like them versus you know trying to use that tool and saying okay well if he's gonna listen to me if, if, if my racist uncle is only gonna listen to another white person let's surround him with white people who are going to show him why his implicit racisms are bad versus let's just throw a bunch of black voices on him who we probably won't give a grand assault you know or the time of day to right so that's huge as well, well you know going back to what matt said that's the that, case that more than implicit racism but yeah i, I use using implicit yeah. racism as as you know a, a bare minimum i guess in his case his is more explicit yep. racism in the case of this hypothetical racist uncle. But I mean, this, this goes to what we talked about on, on cherry picking, I think a week or two ago regarding uh, the, the NFL Rooney rule and kind of these new hirings that have been, or the, these, these hiring processes that have changed um, or have, have further been changed and further been refined. And now they're at the point where they're debating uh, like actually incentivizing, you know, minority hires. And that's, that's not a discussion we need to have here. We had that talk a couple of weeks ago, um, but having, you know, or, or acknowledging the fact that white voices do listen to white ears. When it comes to the owners, the owners oftentimes just kind of defaulted to people in their friend circle. Not, I don't know if it's nepotism. Um, I think it's nepotism of people that they are close to. And oftentimes those people that they were close to were white people. And they might not have been the most qualified for the position or anything like that, but they wouldn't even give the time of day to the minority individual because they just weren't comfortable with them, you know, in there. And that exists. And that's an example. And that's something that the Rooney Rule strives to try to fix. But when it comes to, you know, this, this movement and needing to listen to those that, you know, you maybe innately just hear a little bit louder, however unfortunate that that is, 
it's time that, you know, you need to open your ears and you also need to be a voice as well, because you know we, we slide back right now into implicit racism that we've all experienced growing out uh, or growing up and indoctrinated racism is we kind of listen to those white voices that we were surrounded by as, as kids, right. And, and teenagers and those voices kind of, in, you know, instilled these implicit biases into us that we didn't really recognize and weren't aware of until we got to the point in our lives where we were surrounded by you know people from all different demographics and realized why do I feel you know, some type of way or some type of bias towards a particular crowd? Where did this come from? I thought I wasn't you know racist, and then you realize you reflect and you realize this was instilled into me by my primary secondary education. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like a very like hard thing, and I think a lot of like white people have this kind of goes back to the white privilege stuff. Have a they don't like to admit that they were wrong to some degree. Like, and I, I think that everyone feels that way. No one wants to be like, I was the bad guy in the situation. Um, but I would say like, it's so important to acknowledge, like I might've been wrong. I might've had my own biases or no, not might. I did have my own biases and, and changing them. And that's like, we talked about using your voice with those family members. Maybe the really most bare minimum thing you can do that is helpful is like finding those in yourself and changing them. And I, you want me to talk about my background on all this? I mean, we all can. I know. I know. My high school was not far from your high school. My high school. After I looked at the stats yesterday, out of curiosity, um, the average uh, or the, the demographical racial split is one point six percent African American in my school. One point six percent African American, like eighteen percent Asian or Indian, and then the rest white. You know, so I, you know. I didn't look at my demographic. I'm trying to think about how many people I graduated with. I I can't um, name more than more than six in my class yeah. of seven hundred. I, I can probably count the number of black people in my grade on one hand. See, that's um, different. That's different for me. It's like, it, it's, it's close to like 50-50 at my high school of like white people and minorities. Interesting. And so that might, What were you saying? Just, well, I'm just wondering. So I was going to say like, because of this, and I was like around, like we said, like only white voices, only yeah. white people thoughts, and all the teachers were white. And uh, that I, I know for like a fact that I had a lot of like implicit biases and was implicitly racist in a lot of ways. And like, I, I felt that the thing about it was like, I was completely unaware I was because you never had anybody, right. Anybody calling it on, like calling you on it. And we lived in what we called like the Hampton bubble where it was just like, there were only a couple ways of thinking. And that was the only thing like you heard when, when you were there. Yeah. It's, it's different in Maplewood. Um, it's just like, Given the fact that, okay, so so the way the town has been fucking up in terms of making everybody feel equal, um, I put this in, a, you guys aren't in that, that group, me, but I put it in there a few days ago. Um, I have, so so I'm 21 and I've lived here for the, like I was born in Manhattan, but came here when I was like a month old or something like that. And throughout basically my entire life living here, Maplewood has preached inclusion and equality. And when I was like a young, young kid, there were like, like, yes, the town was trying to do all that stuff and making everybody feel equal. But over the last few years, because we're very close to New York City and like the New York City is like a 20 minute train ride away. Um, there's been people are almost calling Maplewood like mini Brooklyn. Right. So they're like building more apartments and it's like everybody like there's like more like white, more money like coming into town. And it's like it's changing. And like this, like the, the the school board has done the absolute least in terms of inclusion. Like AP classes are um, majority white. There's leveling in in our high school, so you'll you see by a that? lot by leveling. Yeah. So there's like level one, level two, level three, level four, right? And then you have AP. 
So, oh, okay, okay, I got you. We, so, we, so, it's basically so the majority, like right, right, and yeah. and and the school board was actually sued by the local ACLU my senior year of high school because you just walk around the halls and you could see like yeah that's a level two class because it was majority black kids and it's just and 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 it's just like in it like like i would walk around the halls it's like what the fuck are we doing here you know like and and it really started to heat up that year and all the students were like this is fucked up right like we have a bit like like our school is close to being split but this is messed up because if you looked in the classrooms you would not think that it's split and it's 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 like it's disappointing to see that you know, in a town that has prided itself on inclusion and diversity, it's getting farther and farther away from that. There's a town nearby that we, a lot of people my age don't like based South on- Orange? Uh, no, not South Orange. It's like joint town. Um, I'm not going to name the town, um, but- based oh, on Come on, like, let's name the town for goodness sake. It's not like you're naming that person. Uh, Milburn, Milburn, New Jersey, um, based on like rivalries and, and all that stuff and for school. And Milburn is majority white. And majority, like, like very, very rich town. And we've always said, like, oh, you know, like, fuck Milburn. Like, they're like, like, they're one of the highest rated public schools in the state, and they have some of the best high school sports in the state. But Sounds like North Alabama. Holy crap. Yeah, but it's like, but, but fuck them because they're rich, they're white, and they're ignorant. And then you look at Maplewood, and Maplewood was the complete opposite of that for a really, really, really long time. And over the past, like, I don't know, four or five years, it's like Maplewood is nearing closer and closer to what Milburn is and that's just like incredibly scary affluence breeds ignorance yes and it's like 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 i mean speaking of like because you guys just said you did majority white towns and all that stuff and it's just it's it's disappointing to see it in maplewood because all that stuff i, I don't know i want to say that it's, it's like two sides of the coin running up in the same place because yours was in a more inclusive state and then it became more gentrified and 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 overrun with those you know, the ignorant affluence. Right, got worse. They you put know, a, they they put a Starbucks in like the downtown, and everybody was pissed off about it. And understandable, so honest. But yeah. I, mean, I see, I that's see my different, school. That's, that's a whole different thing. But. Where I live, I live in a place called Hannah, my Nova, called Cranberry, and I live in Cranberry. Twenty five years ago was farmland, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have your you can you can picture your demographic when you think of farmers and, and whatnot, right? It used to be farmland, and then it got over the past twenty five years rapidly industrialized. You know, population went up by like three or four times. You know, it's it's an industrial outcropping. It's not really a town, right? But with that brought affluence, and you know that didn't that just made those you know, those, those those racist tendencies more steadfast. It didn't do anything to change them. It just kind of made them more stubborn, right? You see, I mean, you think of Pittsburgh. A lot of the African American community, or not much of the African American community, north of Pittsburgh at all. Right? When you think of African-Americans in high school that don't live in the city, you think South. You think like Uniontown. You think a little bit West. You think like Ale- Aliquippa West. I think it's West, right? You know, it's, it's, it's not even just that segregation in the city. It's like in completely different sides of the suburbs of the city are kind of their own hubs, right? And, and in those hubs, those, those racial, you know, principle, I don't want to say principles. Um, biases. Bias just become more stubborn. Yeah. Big and time. it's it, it's crazy to me though, because like it, it clearly like still happened in Donnie's town because they were basically segregating their school through like a leveling system. Yeah, which is yeah. like so like Ziggy and I both go go to high schools that were basically all white people, and you said it's like you both come out in the, the same way, and it's like, and, and I it really all roots back to the same systemic racism that we see in this country. It's like 
you know, you have more black kids in these lower level classes and it's like, why is that happening? And then you look back, it's like, oh, you know, it goes back to like socioeconomic and that goes back 200 years of like that, that like systemic racism. And it's like, oh, you know, maybe like they can't afford the same kind of like, like tutors or right really anything. And then that's why you have that problem. Or you have teachers that have their own biases and there's like, definitely, there's, there, there's definitely been that at CHS. And it, it just all, it's just like so frustrating because it, you, you can just, you, you have to like always like think like a step further. Right. And it's like, okay, why is this happening? And then you say, okay, why is that happening? And it really like, it, it goes back to just the widespread problem of, of systemic racism. And it's like so upsetting and it's so like overwhelming and I, and I'm not even like affected by it. And like, yeah. like, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I could, again, like turn a blind eye to this and I don't want to, but it's like, I'm just so like, I'm overwhelmed and I'm not affected by it. I'm overwhelmed thinking about it. And it's like, that's just a huge like battle that needs to be fought. So did you guys have in any instances in your hometowns or high schools, were there any times when like black students or even minority students would call out administrators for racist behaviors or no? Wasn't, there wasn't enough to make a voice. Wasn't okay, it because we did. And I remember my senior year, um, one of my friends, her name's Kendi. Um, she was in like the dance company at our school, which is really popular. And every year they do a show for the school. And my senior year, they did. It was her and some of the other black girls in the company. Um, they did it. They did a performance to um, the, the, the audio of police calls of police brutality. So, Holy. yeah, Jeez. and it was like powerful. incredibly, incredibly powerful. And every year what they do. So the shows are like Friday, Saturday night after like after school. But they'll do like a teaser performance during school hours, which is like half the show or something. And they, they did it during school hours just so all the students could see. And you get like the entire like like auditorium was like starstruck. Right. Just Is like there silent. a way to to get a video of this? Um. So we, maybe, can, we, we, we can maybe we can, we can figure this out after this because yeah, I'd like to share yeah. this because this um it was it was incredibly powerful and I remember one of our the school gym teachers Miss DeLuca trash human being trash um she was basically like this isn't okay like this is like this is not a good performance like it doesn't like it like it basically everything that like all of like the racist pundits are saying now she was saying then and I sat next to Kenny in our math class. And she came in fuming one day and I was like, what, like, like, what's good? Like, what are like, like what, what's happening? And she was just like, I just went off on Miss Luca, like, and showed me a video. It's like on everybody's Snapchat. She went to the, like one of the school gyms, workout rooms where she was hosting a class and her and two other friends were berating her and screaming at her. And Mr. Luca was like, I'm sorry, I can't talk with you right now. And was so embarrassed and shut the door. So here's here's my question. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, fuck yeah, Kendi. Here's my here's my question. Does that sort of I, I say aggressive, but aggressive doesn't have necessarily a positive connotation. Um yeah. but but aggressive action, right? Um is that effective? Or is that is that you know not really solving? <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm um, trying to take a side, I'm proposing a question. Right, right, right. I think in that instance it was effective. Um, because a Mr. Luca was not that likable before that instance, but when that happened, people were like, no, like, we're not going to listen to you anymore. Like anything that you say to us, like we're going to take with a grain of salt. And I think it really affected, I don't even know. I don't know if she's still teaching there. Um, 
but I think it, I think it did work in that instance um, to kind of drive that narrative, like throughout the school when people didn't necessarily know, but now they know. You know what I, I was just thinking, Ziggy, though, when you say aggressive, that's like, that's like one of those examples of like that implicit bias. Like you, you wonder if it was like a white dude, you would have said like passionate, maybe not you. And I'm, I know what you mean, no, but it's I, yeah. like, that's something you see every day. And it's like, oh, you know, a black woman, when she gets upset about something, it's aggressive. But when I get upset about something, I'm passionate. And like, that is, again, that's like one of those, like, I mean, you, I, and I'm sure the teacher said shit like that too. You may and call like, that implicit bias. I may call that. I don't really know that many words in my life. And I usually just stick to one and <laughs> I can't figure out the rest, the rest of them. I'm not, I'm not calling I know, you out. But I know what you mean, but that's, that's an example though, of, of people choosing words, depending on mm-hmm. kind of the people they're talking to. Right. And that's one of those things that that's probably one of the harder things to really be aware of is that you don't really notice it. Right. And then I want, I want to say in response to what your question of like, is that effective or ineffective? I would say that as white people, we don't get to prescribe what the most effective thing for a marginalized group to do is. Right. And that, that goes with the protesting. Oh, no, that- I, I just to clarify, I'm not trying to say it's effective for the protesters. I'm saying for the person that is in question, right? Oh, Mr. Not- Mr. Luke, like for the, for those is, is, I mean, maybe it's a case by case basis. Should we be trying to tear them down for these, um, you know, implicit biases? That's right? tough. Or man. should, or should I, we, we take take the route of of education? I mean, in that instance, I was all about tearing down Mr. Luca because there had been instances in the past, um, maybe not as um, public, where teachers had said some things. Um, I know that one like art teacher at my school said the N word one year and she resigned she felt terrible about it um but she should. yeah she felt terrible um and she resigned but um in that yeah there had been like but like stuff like that like there had been stuff that had been that had happened but wasn't as um I'm trying to think of the word here i'm only i'm gonna say public um and now that this was a thing like we had to get the administrate like like the rest of the administration's attention at our school with it and i think the only way was to like for, for Kenny to just go at her, you know, and, and everybody else just go at her because the whole, like the whole school pretty much backed the, the performance. I, I, and that's kind of, you, you highlighted something that I think is, is obviously, you know, a problem, but I also think it's something that's a little bit disheartening is that I feel like education and that kind of stuff is the first step. And that's what people have been trying to do. And that's what people continue to try to do, but that's something that has been tried to be, you know, tried to been done that sounds like a, a sentence over the past 100 200 years right is education now it's at the point where nobody's listening nobody's changing and when we need to get to the point where there needs to be actual action and 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 you know passion and, and aggression i'm going to use them hand in hand here then people start you know giving backlash to it you know why do you need to be you know aggressive about this why do you need to be violent why do you need to have this this rage this passion for this well because we weren't li- because we weren't listening before yeah. right because we were trying to educate you and you guys were being even more steadfast right you kind of forced our hand here yeah and you know that's you know mr luca got berated and understandably so you know i'm saying i'm saying do you go after people and until you know and you make a show to force them to listen and then you educate them Right. Because like, like, you know, you've seen it probably before and it's, and it's pretty intuitive. Nobody's born racist, right? You, you, you come out the womb and you have no prejudices whatsoever. You are, you are the most innocent being you know, in your most innocent state, but how the system kind of crafts you kind of instills those inside of you that you don't, that you're unaware of, right? Until you come across things later in life that you realize, oh crap, you know, why did my brain default to this way of thinking? I don't know, yeah. man. That, that's, that's tough. 
So I, I, uh, I said this the other night and I, I guess like there's a difference between someone being a Nazi and someone being racist and not knowing it because it's like implicit, right? Like I'm on the punch a Nazi train. Like you cannot tolerate the intolerant. Yeah, sure. um, and those people to me sometimes are beyond reform. And I think your time is spent better lifting those marginalized groups up than just trying to convert some asshole that like is actually just like explicitly racist. Um, and I think when we've seen a lot of those people get called out on the internet for just being like pieces of human garbage, like they probably deserved it. And yeah. like, it's, I, I don't know. It's like, you, you can't change people's minds through fear, but like those people just sometimes to me aren't, aren't worth it. They're not worth that's uh, dude, there's no right answer. There's no way to say this correctly. It's just like, it, we got to stop always worrying about, you know, whether we're hurting the feelings of bigots or, and, and start worrying about how we can help those marginalized groups more. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost like a way it's almost it's almost just a waste of time with some of these people. So you race and some of the people, it's like you just have to you have to do those the white voices fall in white ears, and that's how you're gonna like change their minds and, and help them like see the air in their ways because like it, that's like what you have to do. And again, we said like Ziggy, you and I said we both came from an area that we didn't know any better. And I can get and talk about that in a little bit too if we want. Um and it's like those people are, are worth like I think that I, I'm glad that I had my shit called out and that I was able to change and now I'm fighting the good fight or like doing what I can to fight the good fight over here and I'm still learning. Um, but I don't know. I, you have people out there just like being awful human beings. Like I, I think that they've uh, they reap what they sow in some situations. And you know, going going back to to you and I, right, and kind of the fact that we were in a in a primary secondary education system which didn't have much diversity didn't have many repercussions for you know racist racist acts i mean hell there was there was kids in our in my class or in my high school that you know had their their souped up uh you know 1972 four pickups with with confederate large confederate flags hanging off the back driving drifting around the parking lots oh but we're not racist we're just expressing our opinions and those same kids would be walking around the hall saying the n-word right and but there's nobody there's nobody telling them that ain't right because yeah. it, you know maybe maybe but nobody knew it wasn't right i mean we should have known we should have done the research but it's like you didn't you, it's hard to know like i i for a while was like oh you know the confederate flag like that's just like i, I mean it was just like a wartime flag what's the big deal and i had someone like talk to me in college and like they were they were black and they were like man like I feel like it represents this oppression. It, it represents like these people that want me to be oppressed. And I was like, well, in, in my head, I'm like, well, that's not what it represents, right? Like that's that's this, but it's like, no, like that flag represents what people like feel that it represents, right? Like if a majority of these people feel, hey, this flag represents my oppression. If, if this like black community says that, then that's what it means to them, right? And it doesn't matter as a white person to go, well, that's not what it means to me. It's like, that it doesn't matter what it means to you. It matters what it means to them. If it, And if it, it makes them feel like that. If it represents that oppression, like then it, then that's what it is. Right, that was I'll, a rant. Sorry, but no, I, I, that, that brings up a point that I'll, I'll get back to the to the school stuff. But you know, you see things in South Carolina, things in Philadelphia of them taking down Confederate statues now. I mean, like, oh, you know, their protesters are dismantling Confederate statues. The city's I mean, like, yeah, the don't touch it. The Confederate flag is. I, I I forgot who it was, but now it's like not allowed anywhere. Yeah, and the uh, the that range, finally, right? yeah, I that know. finally changed. In yeah. the where? Sorry, you cut it's out. Just so the, the um right? the Marines. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The Marines oh, wow. or, or somebody else like finally said like no more Confederate flag anywhere. You know, but you see places that these Confederate statues were getting taken down by protesters. The city steps in or says, you know, we'll take it down twenty four hours, and then it actually comes down twenty four hours, and then you see 
uh, uh, the the Russo statue. That's his name, right? It's not Russo. Rizzo. Frank Rizzo. Rizzo. Frank Rizzo. Rizzo. <laughs> Russo's not having a statue anytime soon. Um, the the Rizzo statue as it was he was on Kenny it was on Kenny's platform right uh to take it down like that's part of the reason why I got elected and then you know he's it just ended up falling to the bottom of his priority list he says oh, we have so many bigger things to take to worry about right now I'm not even gonna we can't worry about that right but that was something that was on that was he was you know that was on his platform when he was running and now it kind of forces his hand to take it down it seems like a lot of these things these these statues are like oh okay well we'll just do this this will appease him this will this will help it out. No, these are, I mean, those are things that should have been done years and years and years ago. Yeah. And well, do you know how absurd it is? Like, we live in Philadelphia, which is like so very diverse between like white and black people. And you're going to have an oppressive statue like up there and, uh, to, exactly. to over your population. You just yeah. have this statue is directly like a symbol of oppression pretty much at city hall it's okay to have this pretty much at city hall white people who are like oh but it's history want to have history it's like you have a fucking like symbol of oppression in a city with more than 50 percent black people and it's like that is just like absurd to me that anybody would argue and that goes the same with the confederate flag the confederate flag confederate statues it's like wow we're gonna idolize these people that like wanted to keep a large portion of our population oppressed. Yeah, here's the thing. At the time, at the time when the statues, all the statues were erected, it made sense. And then, you know, years later, I'm not years, I'm not saying years as in decades. I mean, like literally a couple years later, you reflect upon that and really do some you know, digging into who that individual was and you realize the statue should have been up in the first place. You look at, we'll go to the, the Rizzo statue. Yes, he helped, he dropped the crime rate um, and, and, you know, help the crime in the city. But who did he target? He targeted the African-American neighborhoods, right? The, the white crime rates didn't really increase, but the black crime, crime rates increased a lot. What does that tell you? He's targeting people. Simple as that. What does yeah. he get? Oh, okay. Well, if you look at the big picture, he reduced crime. Yes, but crime in, in, what, in what demographic, right? That's what you need to look at. But his statue was erected because he was a mayor. He kind of turned the city around, quote unquote, and, and, and reduced crime. But yes, but who did they target? Then you look at the Confederate statues. Well, yeah, they were erected because they were in support of the old Confederacy 150 years ago. Yeah, but what did those represent? What were those, those individuals fighting for, right? Who were they targeting to keep as slaves, right? You look at that now, it's just not relevant. Yes, those, every, all those things are, are historically significant. I say significant as you know, non-negative or, or positive. I'm saying they were significant events. Find them in the history books, right? If, they are, if, you, if you look at them now and they were very negative um, figures, they shouldn't be you know, displayed for the world to see. Totally agree. Yeah, but switch, look, at, switch. Look, at, look at Germany. Like they tried to, they tried to like basically erase that. Like the Nazi party happened. Man, I don't even think they can have like swastikas in video games in that country. No. And it's like, meanwhile here we're toting like, like yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile I, here I there's prefer, high schools. Prefer, there's like, high schools named Robert E. Lee High School. Like what the fuck is that? Yeah. I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad that we're like pissed off about this, and then it's like damn. And then you think about like the black communities, and it's like I'm I'm a white dude, and I'm pissed off about this. It's like can you fucking imagine? Here's, yeah. here's what I, I think is important when it comes to white people who are kind of in our situation, which is, a, which is a large portion of, you know, the country, right? Who were kind of just part of this indoctrinated, implicit racism that were just kind of instilled to them and they didn't even recognize it. They were unaware, right? They were naive to the situation. Is that your teachers, A, aren't instilling or aren't instilling what needs to be put into you, which is those, those, the, the equity of man, the equity of the human, right? That's not part of it. And especially in those history classes, those social studies classes, is you graze over um, the plights of the African-American. Oh, and they whitewash it too. They play the whole like white savior card on us. A lot of it. A lot I, of it is. Now, I will I say, swear, sorry. the one class that they didn't do it 
much in or that that was very good about it was my AP U.S. history class. The, the teacher, shout out uh, Mr. Venezia, uh, was very, very good at saying, hey, uh, we, we, you know, our, our, our culture messed up a lot. And this course is going to highlight all those mess ups and show how we change from them, how we're growing from them and where we still have to grow from, where we still need to do. He was very good about that. But you, you go to Donnie's point, who's in those AP classes? You have, you know, a lot, a lot of affluence in those AP classes. A lot of people who were just kind of, well, I'm just in this class to, to get the AP credit and, and move on. They weren't actually listening with open ears. They weren't actively trying to change and, and acknowledge the fact that there were, they had implicit bias. Right. And you, and anytime you bring up things in after class, you would hear Snickers, you would hear, you know, comments that were just degrading towards, you know, the individuals, historic individuals who can't defend themselves. Right. And, and the question is, is, is why? And maybe you're trying to make a joke, but, but at the end, it's still a, a harmful joke. Why does it need to be said? Like, what, what are you gaining from this? Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's like, you know, maybe you're trying to make a joke, you're trying to fit in. But if, if you have to make those jokes to fit in, then that's something wrong with the system, right? If, 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 you're, if your go-to is to make a, a discriminatory joke on a very serious matter, wh- why, why is that your default, right? It's not because that's just the way you are, right? Your genes don't tell you, oh, you know, I, I am predetermined to make racist jokes whenever we talk about something. No, they're not. You can't, nobody can make that argument. It, there's something in there that led to those events happening. There's something in there that led to you choosing or subconsciously choosing to make that racist joke. What were they? That started when you're in your, and yes, you can say that started in your household, right? But even more, I mean, psychi- psychiatry, psychology, psychology has, has had the common theory in psychology right now regarding you know, your behavior is that 50% of it is genetic. 50% of it is founded in, your, in the social setting, whether in your social groups, sure. in the classrooms, exactly. But no, it's 0% of it, you know, rounded down to 0% of it is, is changed within your own home, yeah. right? So in your home, and it's crazy to think that, yeah, I mean, this is really getting into this, but your parents aren't really making that big of an impact on your behavior because who you are at home, you can think of it, is different than who you are around yeah. your friends, everybody else, right? Who you are around your friends is who you are in public. Who you are at home is not necessarily who you are in public. So you can say change at home, and if, but if your parents are conservative, that doesn't mean that you have to be conservative. I mean, my mother is, I mean, she's not, I'm not saying she's racist, but she's fiscally conservative and socially liberal as like majority of America says. Um, no, I don't say majority of America, a large portion of America says that. What's funny about that whole thing is like that, that's like saying that you, that social and economic t- like isn't tied. I hate when people say I know, that. It's, it's a, it feels like a cop out. Like I, I get it. Like, yeah, in the perfect world, that makes sense. But you're, you're refusing to acknowledge the fact that they're intertwined. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a moot point right now. But Sorry. correction too, um, real quick. I found the 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 dance, um, right, and will... it was it was it wasn't too. It was the the strange fruit played in the background, and then over the song were statements about like black experiences, which gotcha. is still yeah. that's cool. Yeah. All right, sorry, Ziggy. We, uh... No, but so we're, we're gonna roll. If you have that video, Don. Yeah. All right, we'll, we will uh, post that for. Well, we'll see we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see if I can post it. But yeah, I found it. Hopefully. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, no. Back to what, what I was saying was that you're not like you're not born racist, but also if your parents are conservative, you're not obligated or you're not you know genetically influenced, psychologically influenced to be conservative, right? If you if your family is con- very conservative, but all your friend group is very liberal, there is you know almost a hundred percent chance. Or probability that you are going to be more liberal than you are conservative. So yeah. it's it's when your 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 school, your social groups, your teachers, your peers are not being anti-racist, right? Like you said, they might not be outspokenly racist; they're being silent, but they're not being anti-racist. Right. Yeah, that's what's kind of creating you know this subconscious pass 
for you to make a racist, a racist remark. All right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give like, I'll just talk about my experience that we get on this. Um, grew up Hampton township, very, very conservative, pretty much all white people area, good school district, right? Good. Like in terms of, sorry, I shouldn't put those together. Good isn't like did well scoring wise on tests was like considered to be, you know, top PA schools or whatever. And like, I definitely would say that I was very prepared for college and I got a good education. Um, but in terms of like this, like social stuff and racial injustice, I don't think I got a good education. Oh, no. And I, I would say like, you know, when you're, when you're. I think only that can be said white, about most high schools in the country. But, but yeah, we, yes. we whitewashed yeah. it. We hide that shit. Anybody learn about uh, internment camps like at all? No. Like, uh, yes, yes. But because I did a report on it, but not, it wasn't part of yeah. the, the whole thing. My family was in internment camps, but that's like my, my Asian yeah. side, not my. So I have experience with it. But what I'm saying is that like in the, in the general uh, curriculum. It's, yeah. It is like three sentences in the, you know, Mc, McDougal Hill or whatever textbook I, and I, that's it. So I remember being taught, well, I, I'm going to get into a couple of things. I do remember being taught about the civil rights movement and I do have ingrained in my brain being like forced to watch like some just horrible, like seeing horrible, horrible pictures from slave era, from like civil rights era of like lynching and like beatings and stuff. And I, that is seared into my brain, right? But like further than that, I don't remember much. Like they don't, they don't teach you about like the systemic problems. They just say like, like this is what happened. This was like the brutal things we did, but not, they never get into like that why. But that's worse, is- but that's worse. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you have people and you can be conservative. You can still be racist and everybody can say, oh yeah, well obviously we shouldn't be like lynching people and, and, and having slavery. Yeah. yeah. People can agree to that, but, but that doesn't mean that you're not racist because you're against lynching. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's what I remember, yeah. but I'll say like, in terms of just like your social education, like my parents were both like liberal, but everyone else in this township was very conservative, religious, all this shit. Um, and I definitely was around a lot of kids that had conservative parents and all white people. So like, obviously you're going to just, it, it, that breeds like racial bias. Um, and because you're never getting called on it. Like, you know, you think it's funny to make jokes about black people because there aren't any to say, to defend themselves. There aren't any to say, Hey, that's not cool. And then there were no white people that were saying it either. No one was there. So it's like, you don't, you don't know what you're doing is wrong. And that's what's sad. And like, I would, I would say, so I'll give like the biggest example I can remember that like really like bugs me to this day was in fifth grade. I had a older white woman who is a, like a history teacher and, um, I remember her saying we had like a field trip to Wildwood Highlands, which was like family fun <laughs> center uh, of like the that area. Uh, Ziggy, and, you probably know this. and Soak Zone. Oh no, yeah. no, no! I think I, I thought you said Out of Wild. I thought no, no, it's no, not no, there Wild, anymore. Wildwood's gone, isn't it? Oh, it is gone. You're right. Either way, we had a field trip, and I remember her saying she said she's like, oh yeah, last year um, we had this field trip, but a bunch of city kids showed up and and ruined it. And I'm, and I'm sitting there and it's like, you know, what, what does she mean city kids? I'm a fifth grader. And like everybody knew in their head, what's a city yeah, kid? That's a, kid. Yeah. That's a black kid, right? Yeah, you, you say, you, you say that right now and, all, and a picture pops in your head. Yeah, black kid, which is just obviously a problem. Like that, that happens. But like that not a single kid is like, what do you mean? Like a bunch of city kids showed up and ruined this field trip. And like how awful of a teacher, like on a bunch of impressionable minds is for this woman to say that to us. Like that is just like horrible and that that like to me like sums up that like implicit racism that i saw and there was plenty of other stuff there's plenty of things that i was wrong about there are plenty of times that i was an, a racist in, in, in an implicit way it was never like an explicit way but it was like me just being uneducated me being ignorant um and like that 
even even with my parents my parents weren't but like you know there's still like white people that live in a white neighborhood that they're gonna have the like be implicitly racist and say like microaggressive things and, and, and commit microaggressions and that that's the same thing like we, we've talked about that and you can go and look up what microaggressions are um but that one and, and i told my mom about it though and she said she's like i grew up in the city i'm a city kid or my dad had said it to her she said, your mom's a city kid so my mom actually said she told me later she called that teacher on it and went to her and was like yeah matt said that you said a bunch of city kids ruined ruined like the field she's like well i'm, I'm a city kid because she grew up in like swissville like in the city yeah. of swissville yeah. and um and this teacher just kind of like looked at her and was like what, what do you mean so like I, I don't think my mom ever explained like what she meant, but like went and like called this teacher out on it. But it's like in my head, I don't really know what she means by city kid, but uh, she meant black kid. And like, that's what I would picture. Right. Um, so I would say like, I definitely had all of these like biases. I definitely like was implicitly racist and it, it took like getting out of Hampton and it took like going to college and getting like called on it really. And yeah. like being around plenty of people of, of like, like black people, other people of color. And like, you know, you get called on it and it sucks. And it's like, you will be defensive. And I definitely like at times probably was like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't realize this was like wrong. And like, I, I have like a lot of Frisbee people to thank for like helping change this. Uh, and just like so many, like specifically Frisbee people, because like, that's who I was around. And it's like, they called me out on it. And it's like, I, I it really like helped me, like, I guess, like internally look and like realize like why these things were wrong because I just I didn't know they were wrong. And that sucks. That, like really sucks to be like I've been this like shitty human being and just had no idea. And that's like I would say like a, a big like reason I have like gone. I mean I should be going out of my way to help anyway, but like I figured out like what was wrong with me and like that's the thing is like I was still liberal. I was still like super like liberal on stuff, but like you can still be and that's like the the worst kind of liberal, right? The the racist liberal, the one that <laughs> it's like. It's like, oh, I, I stand with you until it like affects me, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think Knives Out did a good portrayal of that. You guys have seen that movie um, with one of their characters. Uh, but, um, and like, it, it took that. And that's like, I, and I'm glad people called me out on it, right? And that's why like white people need to call like other white people out on this shit and help change. And like, I still like make mistakes. I'm sure I still have my own biases that I'm like doing everything I, I can or doing what I can to like fix and and try to understand better um and it's like tough to admit like looking back to be like shit this was me i was like this person and i wish i had like known better and i just did and i i could have done that research but again it's like why are you going to research this if you don't know you have a problem but it, start, it starts with awareness it starts yeah. with acknowledgement that it exists and then nobody's saying that you need to you need to beat yourself up and berate yourself and kill yourself over it you know but you know, being aware about it and, 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 you know, realizing, you know, whether or not this was my, I don't want to say it's my choice because yes, you can say it's, it's a tough thing in my head because you could, like I said, you're born, not racist, obviously you're, you're not born with any sort of prejudices, but over the course of your life, you may just have those instilled in you. You don't recognize it. So that's not like your choice, whether or not to be, you know, come out of high school out of after 18 years and, and, and having some racist tendencies. And implicit racism in you it's not it's not your choice to be there because you didn't really have you weren't really aware that that was even happening but it is your choice to you know acknowledge that it exists to not shy away from it to not be silent and to say all right well that sucks i didn't know that was like this time to change time time to figure this out time time and to make things okay people are so people think that like changing is being a hypocrite no like changing is a part of growth changing is good accepting that you have been wrong maybe that's the problem we we're all too afraid to accept that we've ever been wrong about something i'm wrong about things every day man. i've never been like, wrong a day in my life but that's not the point like <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's you just have to like accept it. I don't know where yeah. like except that you have white privilege. It is a thing. Like except that we are not all the same. That that like people need help out there, and it's like we need to figure out how to like fix that. Except that like you have been a bad person before. You have probably and like maybe you didn't know about it, but like you you have to figure out like how to like accept that and then how to like almost like make amends for it, right? How to change. You gotta self reflect. All right, I got a final question for you. What's up? I won't have an answer for, but I, I want to see if, if maybe we can brainstorm a couple ideas. How do how do you break the system of this indoctrinated racism? This oh. racism that we that we that we come across in primary and secondary. I think oh well I well I think you have to we I think these protests have to keep happening. Um over time no even just that that's i think i think that can change a lot but i'm saying i'm saying at you know what could could the schools have done differently so that i didn't i wasn't the way that i was for a period of time i was teach history the right way big one teach history the right way man like come on yeah but can you vet every teacher to make sure that they're not racist because those teachers probably have those same implicit biases that we have and a lot of teachers are super liberal too but they all you're only around white people um, yeah. I mean, I guess it really goes to you have to fix the systemic problems. Like we just have to keep, like I said, you keep asking why, and it's all going to come back to the systemic problems, like Thirteenth Amendment, the redlining, all of that. It's like once we start to fix that, then I, I don't know. Maybe in school we need to be taught like black education, or, or, or yeah, like schools. The, the, schools they, as a whole need to be reformed. Like yeah, in, that's in every in every single way. Like there, I don't know if you guys. I took a class, a quick, quick interjection. I, I took a class on Tupac Shakur this past semester, and it was incredibly eye-opening. Dude, it was a fucking poet. Um, he said something as like a 17-year-old kid. He was like, we should have a class on um, like, like what it's like to live in the streets, you know? Like, like there should, like, there should be classes out there that teach like Matt Hanna said, black history, right? Or it should and just like be teach it the right way. Like start right, with yes, like teach it the like, right way. Teach it the way like, that I like learned about the redlining. Everyone who's listening, go look up what redlining is. Like it, it might actually be like the start of this. Well, I mean, and we, should, stop- we should probably instead of making tell people look up, we should probably say okay. Well, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not an expert. Basically, like right after the Civil War, um, a bunch of plan developers came together and said this land is good for investment and this land isn't good for investment, and they redlined. They yep. were, drew redlines around the areas that weren't good and they were all predominantly black neighborhoods so basically no money went into those areas so everyone basically came out of the civil war to a degree like equal opportunity right and then they said we're not investing any money in this area and then they also use that with banks for for giving out loans so you could be a a black person that had more money even like uh, more money than a white person and if you were in this red line neighborhood they wouldn't give you a loan it's just so now, like denial. you look back to great 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 grandparents of like white folk and black folk and those white folks like they they had no money and were able to get a loan and guess what like now your family is is rich and you have this thing and then you had this black family that had money couldn't get a loan to buy a house couldn't get out of this red line neighborhood and then it just trickles down every every generation that's like the the quick my understanding of redlining everyone should like yeah, do their own yeah. research. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The thing is, that's some one of those things. Redlining is you bring that up, and I didn't know really exactly what that entailed until about a week ago. And that's yeah. something that seems so and, big and so important that that should be taught. You know, 
as part of your your primary secondary education, but it's not. Yeah, and then that, that's just like scratching the surface, right? And it's like you you argue with people, and they're like, "Oh, well, those people don't work hard enough." Like it's like they have the same opportunity that I did. And but it's they like don't. no, they didn't. You can trace it back to right at the end of the Civil War. They have they started behind from that point. They started behind from before that, but even even after that, like we set them even further back, and like that. It's it just so like frustrating. Yeah, like why, like like why the fuck do I have to learn about Mesopotamia? You know? Yeah, I saw that tweet like, today. Like, like what the fuck is? I don't even remember what Mesopotamia is. You know, yeah, like, like the Greek gods are cool and everything. I'm glad I learned about them. But like, Euphrates and Tigris between the two rivers. I mean, Mesopotamia is the first first civilization. I think you need to touch on it. But I think what's more relevant is the more the recent history. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They should be teaching 2020 in the history books. Maybe that's the problem. Stop Already. teaching a fucking book. Stop <laughs> teaching a book. Like, because the, the, yeah. books, the books whitewash. And when you go to Google, like, I don't know. The, the, the books whitewash and then the teachers whitewash. That's just compounding. Yep. I mean, you're, you're bleaching it. It's just a bleached education. If I were a history teacher, I feel like it would be like, we're going to teach from the internet, no book. Like, and even then, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like you got to get people. I don't, no one's an expert on everything. No. Bring people in, man. Like, but then you go, look, we, I say this, and it's like, oh, well, we need, to, we need to bring people in. We need to have a better education. But it's like, oh, well, I can afford to, in my school, in my white school district, to have this better education. Right. And now, and it's like, there you go. It's the same thing. We got we to gotta ask why. Well, then the question is like, in those white schools, is is just is teaching is spending that money and rerouting some of those that funding that you automatically get into kind of diversifying that education and you know making it more like a I don't say like a liberal arts college but making it making their their worldview expand their worldview yeah I mean that's another thing why the police budget should be cut to get put back into this invest in communities right invest yeah. in invest in communities I also right. like just random thought like that we they talk about like Martin Luther King a lot and people keep bringing him up and then you see like when he was around, like 75% of people were like not in agreement with him or against him. And it's like, then you look at the protest today and it's like a lot of people don't like what, what is going on. And it's like, if you don't, if you are uncomfortable, then our job is being done, right? Like we're yeah, doing, yeah. I, again, I say are like, I am, it, you know what I mean? The job um, is being done. The, the, the protesters is doing done. the right thing. Yes. And it's like, and it, it's also like, guess what? Martin Luther King was killed because of what he was fighting for and what he did. And he was killed by white people. Like, don't... It's it's frustrating, you know. They teach like, oh, Martin Luther King was so good, and it's like, why? We need to also teach like the fact that people were against him, and those people were the the on the wrong side of history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't. I mean, you you, you sum you summed it up pretty well. I I don't I don't be on the right side of history. What's going on right now is history. Oh, my dog's freaking out. And and that and that's our <laughs> cue. Sorry, that's our cue. It's all good. It's all good. I don't know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> my, my dog's been going crazy too. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> we're not cutting this out. Believe me. Believe me. We're not cutting this out. All right. All right, dog. Do you want to plug anything? What's the dog's? I don't want to call it dog. Dog. That seems rude. Norton. 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 Not Norton like, like salt. Norton. Norton like the um. Yeah. The the internet security. Yeah. I don't know we, how we no Norton with an N. Yeah, like the internet security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you, oh I, wow, you named him after No, he's he was uh, my girlfriend's aunt's dog. I'm trying to think if there's anything we missed that I should cool. say. I feel like the ending was weird, but I, I think I think sometimes sometimes the, the more abrupt dog barking endings usually work well. I think I think we hit what we needed to hit on. Yeah. Yeah. As long I, as we I, sound we just I, mess up that, like, hey, we're a bunch of white dudes that talked about this, like, you know, we're not No, I mean, yeah, just to reiterate as as a final disclaimer before we sign off. Yeah, we th- these are our our thoughts, and at the end of the day, these are our opinions. Um, you know, but these aren't these aren't unsupported opinions. 
I mean, we've all done our research. We've all, you know, Matt's had his first-hand experiences. Donnie's had his. I've had mine. All right, so we're speaking from experience and we're speaking from, you know, just just research-supported arguments. And I'm being redundant now. Uh, You're all good. That, that's just how that's just how it is. We appreciate you guys Let's listening. Support the protesters. However, any, any, what you can do. Anything else? Anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. Do your damn research. So figure out how you can support the protesters. Figure out how you can eliminate your own biases and your own racism and like. Be an ally. Be a better ally. I guess that was again to mostly like white people. Damn straight. That's, yeah. That 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 encompasses it very well. Be a better ally. Anyway, we'd like to thank Matt Hanna again. And Norton. Thanks, Norton. And Norton, more Norton than than Matt, but um, yeah. Matt as well, I guess, for stopping by and having a nice discussion on this regarding apple picking. For the next few weeks, we will be having as many guests as we can on uh, regarding this matter from every angle we can regarding this protest um, and this movement as a whole to try to. You know, flood the media, or not flood the media, flood the, the enters of webs with... Flood your Twitter threads. With... Uh, Get the message out there. With the message and with first-hand experience. And, and at the end of the day, we want to further the discussion. Anyway, this has been Apple Picking, and this has been Ziggy. This has been Donnie and, and Matt. Matt. And that's Matt. <laughs> I'm here. Simple as that. All right, you guys stay safe out there.